Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hamptonite from the HU Pirateship. What's going on, Hamptonite? It's homecoming week. Oh, man, you know what? It is homecoming week. And you know what's so funny about it? Uh, one of our alumni brothers posted a video of the concert in the Convocation Hall with some rapper named Lil Uzi. Yeah. And it was like, I'd never seen a concert like that where people were just falling over themselves. It looked like it had to be about 7,000 people in that in that center. And it looked... And I, that is a sign that I am getting old because Lil Uzi, I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh, if he's like some young thug clone or whatever you want to call him, then uh, count me out. I'm sorry. It's, well, for the, it's, for, it's for the babies. Uh, well, what? Yeah, what else can he be with the name with of Little Uzi? Oh no, Little yeah. Uzi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have been going to that. Uh, you know, if I went down there this week, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. skip that concert. I'll go to the old school concert where they got like uh, maybe Special Ed or Nas or somebody. <laughs> yeah, you know, either that or you know, hey, I mean. <laughs> Or give me Big Daddy Kane. No, that, that's a little too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I even mean, past my my time. Yeah, my that, time. yeah, that's past our time. I would say you know Jay Z. I mean UGK. I mean uh, you know our guys. You know, but who cares? Yeah, that, yeah. that that's for them. <laughs> cool, little Uzi. All right, yeah, I gotta look into his music, man. I just want to hear what they listening to nowadays. But um, yeah, man, folks are partying, man. Um, on this week's show. We're going to uh, review the win over Delaware State, look at the MEAC scoreboard, uh, update the MEAC standings, and then we'll just take a look at the, the Hampton MEAC stat leaders. We have a couple guys that are um, you know, leading the MEAC in stats, and we want to go, uh, go into that. And then we'll look at the homecoming week uh, with Morgan State. So it should be a, a nice uh, packed show uh, this week. So uh, last week, Hampton uh, beat Delaware State. 27 to 17 Delaware State is much improved um, better coached um, they don't seem like uh, uh, Keystone cops but they just need a little bit more talent <laughs> <laughs> but they you know they were in the right places at time just not quick enough to to make plays but they're they're on their way um, so it was a good win by Hampton again 27 to 17 so far Hampton Knight and I are five and five from our preseason predictions. So we predicted Hampton would be two and three at this point. And so far we are still on the money. So like we do every week, we'll go through the good, the bad, ugly, uh, our tight end watch, uh, from the game. And uh, let's jump right into it. Um, so the good, a lot of good things happened this game. Uh, the offense had 551 yards of total offense, 266 yards passing, 285 yards rushing, and uh, just remember, folks, uh, last week when we previewed this game, um, we said that Hampton should be able to get two 200-yard rushers this game, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Eric Carter had 13 rushes for 125 yards. Yaki Johnson had 15 carries for 121 yards. And uh, left side of the offensive line, which is dominant uh, this game, most of the runs, the long runs, came along that left side. So I, I thought it may have been... One guy, and I was just going to give him props, but it seems like they still do that, uh, this, the thing where they flip the tackles, and uh, yeah. I'm not sure what the rationale is behind that, so 
I guess it was really the right side of the Delaware State defensive line that they decided to take advantage of, and it worked. Um, so, yeah, they, they were pretty dominant, man. Any Anything about that rushing game, man? Well, no. I mean, that rushing game was uh, – we haven't seen that level of a, a rushing attack since, I mean, since I would say the Coleman and uh, – <laughs> Daniels. Yeah, Col- yeah, Coleman and Ar- Ardell Daniels. Rest in peace, Ardell. Yes. I mean, we we haven't seen that in forever. Two hundred eighty-five yards, and it looked like Eric Carter just really got on track early. And it, I, this game is reminiscent to um, I think remember two years ago in Dover when uh, Eric Carter I think um, broke uh, that was his breakout game. It was. Game. I think he uh, had. Yeah, he had over I think what one hundred and twenty-five yards that game as well. But, I mean, we have to be honest, this is Delaware State, you know, even though they have improved, you know, their defense was still, their defense has still been a thorn in their uh, side since, you know, since their new coach took over, you know, and uh, 266 yards passing, you know, mainly to Proctor and Alonzo, you know, you just can't beat that, you know, JJ looked really poised that game, but, you know, I have to taper this down because this is against Delaware State, you know. I want to see them do this against a South Carolina state, you know. I would want to see it against the quality competition in the MEAC. So I am still reserving judgment based upon what I've seen. But so far, so good. JJ, 17 for 22 for 252 yards and one touchdown. Hey, you know, that's. <laughs> Yo, you know. props, props. Yeah. I know we jump yeah. on them a lot on the podcast, but when you have those kind of numbers, like you said, 17 for 22. 250, 252 yards and a touchdown. He did have one fumble on a draw, <laughs> but, uh, he's, he you know. He's, he's too tiny to be running, trying to bow over people. Yeah, you know? he got a slide, man. He should have did that hook yeah, slide, man. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so props to JJ. A nice, uh, for the most part, clean game for him. Um, uh, Proctor had seven catches uh, for 102 yards. And for folks who are familiar with the undefeated uh, website, that ESPN website where they focus on, you know, black uh, topics as it relates to athletics, um, and they have a HBCU section, they had a nice write-up on Proctor uh, this week. So check out the undefeated where they, they talk about him and some of his uh, um, exploits uh, so far this football season. So, yeah, Proctor had a great game. And then also have to give a shout-out to um, – uh, Coach Maynard. Now, like you said, we got to see it against a good talent. But like we said last week, man, this game had just called for a clean game. No, you know, no head scratchers. And I can't recall any moment saying, what the heck is Coach Maynard doing while watching this game? It just seemed like a clean game. And you just kind of play the percentages and let the talent win instead of having to uh, do anything, uh, you know, that caused you to scratch your head. Um, Anthony Prevost, um, he was named uh, MIAC Specialist of the Week. He was two for three on field goals, field goals, three for three on extra points, and it was bad conditions, so it was a wet, uh, kind of windy day, and uh, he kicked uh, well uh, in this game. And then Owen Obasui, um, he led uh, with eight tackles and two and a half tackles for loss and one sack. So it was a pretty good performance. Uh, long list of good things to mention. Did I leave out anything, Hampton tonight? Absolutely not. I'm, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, you know. Yaki Johnson, you know, he played well. Uh, you know, um, JJ ran, um, JJ passed well. Proctor, uh, Proctor had a good game. So no, I mean, I think we've covered everything 
as far as uh, the offense is concerned. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, man, let's jump into the bad. The bad for this week, red zone offense. The score shouldn't have been this close if the team was able to execute in the red zone, uh, continuing the trend uh, from, from this year. So they had three drives that stalled in the red zone. Um, so luckily, two of those drives resulted in points where uh, they were three for three on those field goal attempts. But still, um, they should have had three touch. Those are three touchdown opportunities that they weren't able to convert. Um, the other bad is um, T.J. Mixon. Now, I know he's getting still getting all the attention, even with Proctor. Because um, I guess because maybe for the most part, Proctor might nickel and dime you down the field, get 10 points, and, you know, 10 yards here, 10 yards there. But Mixon can go for 50. So seemed like he's getting a lot of attention. He had one catch for five yards. So I'm not putting that on him. It's just the, the production and, you know, team not finding a way to get him the ball. And it appears he may have hurt himself. I'm um, not sure of the severity, but, you know, he did seem to hurt himself in that game. Um, but that's all I really have to, to really complain about in this game. Anything else, Ham, tonight? Um, I do think that um, the absence of T.J. Mitchell – I'm sorry, I'm thinking it's T.J. – uh, TJ, uh, the old quarterback. No, oh, um, the number, act- yeah, uh, <laughs> Wofford. Yeah, yeah. The absence of Mixon, I think, you know, it's it's very perplexing. It's almost a mystery. Um, I do feel sorry for the kid. You know, this is senior year, and I know he wants to go out with the bank. Um, I do see that we did give up very long passes on third down, uh, third down situations, and. You know, um, I saw a lot of times a Delaware State quarterback would actually roll out, and he would, and and I got to give this kid credit. You know, he threw some really accurate balls on the run. Um, he threw across his body, and I think that our secondary was too busy trying to see if he was just actually going to run the ball, and they were actually forgot to cover the receivers. And I think we saw two um, third down conversions, third and long conversions. That's the only bad thing that I did see, you know. Our defense did fly to the ball, and uh, I think our offense at times struggles within the red zone. And I, I would uh, attribute that to maybe the fact that, you know, it might take J.J. It, he's an accurate passer medium-wise, but I think his short-range game, I think his, uh, his short-range accuracy needs a little bit help. So I think that, you know, that was probably a problem that we have with J.J. And, I mean, that's the bad. And I do think that uh, we probably need to play better between between the 20s. And, you know, that's pretty much it. Yep, excellent. And, you know, and one thing I did mention or forgot to mention is uh, the team fell for a fake uh, punt, which is what actually got them, uh, Delaware State, their first points on the board, if I'm not mistaken. So... Uh, another special teams breakdown on the coverage side um, uh, for the Pirates on the defensive side. So, yeah, that's another thing to shore up because they're going to continue to see that week after week. Uh, but that's a pretty a short list, man. I mean, it was, you know, Delaware State was competitive, but, you know, we, we rose to the challenge and got the victory. And, uh, hey, we got to continue to tight end watch. I swear somebody's listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> yeah. Jack Willenbrock, he had another catch for 29 yards. So, these guys are getting one catch per game. I guess they're alternating per game which tight end gets that catch, but they're always for about 30 yards. So that is just enough to cause the defense to have to pay attention on a scouting report 
in the defensive meetings, and you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to dedicate somebody to a tight end, which is exactly what you want. So they're still getting production uh, out of the tight end spot, <laughs> one catch per game, but it's always a big catch. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. So yeah, man, that's that's the Delaware State game. Good win by the Pirates. They are one game under 500. Hopefully, they'll get that win uh, over Morgan State uh, this week. So yeah, let's jump over to the uh, Miac scoreboard. Um, uh, let's see. North Carolina A and T beat Norfolk State thirty-five to nothing. Cohen went nuts again, <laughs> twenty-nine yards uh, to break the Miac. Uh, what's that? Miac conference career rushing record. So um, he's the best running back we we've seen quite in, in quite some time, maybe possibly ever in the Miac, and he took it out on Norfolk State. What is going on in Norfolk, man? Any any ideas, thoughts? I mean, you know, we they weren't supposed to be this bad. What what's going on? You know what? Uh, I think I was talking to Goody or Spartan Ghost and <laughs> a couple of those brothers online. And I told them uh, all sales are final. You know, when you got Latrell Scott, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean. What do I think is going on with uh, Norfolk State? Um, I just have to be honest, you know. Um, I look at, you know, they have, they've always had a winning history with their football program. And I think that they read their own press clippings at the beginning of the season. Because you remember, you remember preseason. Oh, man, before, they, were, they were going to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Remember how everybody, oh, we got a all these recruits coming in. Oh, we got this guy coming in. We got that guy coming in. Oh, you know, they look like world beaters. And you know what? What were we saying? Okay, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And you know what? We just saw. Yeah. You know, we just saw Norfolk State. I mean, we just saw Norfolk State not even lay an egg. They laid an egg to Howard. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, to be honest, I just think that Something is going on internally with their program that we are not privy to. And I just think that they uh, they have not figured out what it is that they need to become a successful program I, since, I mean, since Pete Adrian's absence. I also think this, too, that when Latrell Scott was brought on, he did not keep any of that defensive coaching staff that uh, Adrian left behind. And those were some really good... Uh, coaching staffs. I do remember uh, Coach D. Bastini. Uh, Mark, uh, I forgot how to spell his last name. He's been there for over 10, 15 years when Adrian was on staff. And they just let him go. And, I mean, it, it just has not worked uh, so far for Latrell. And you know what? To each his own. Good luck to him. And for them, but I just don't see it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm shocked because I mean, because I had a lot of faith in, in in Scott and what he could do, so I'm surprised at what's going on. But so yeah, there's something else uh, afoot uh, in Norfolk. Um, hopefully, they don't turn it around this year because we need to beat them. Um, but uh, it is shocking to see um, the slide uh, for the Spartans this year. So yeah, they yeah. got uh, thumped by uh, North Carolina A&T, 35 nothing. Howard lost to Monmouth 59 to 27. That was shocking. <laughs> I thought Howard had a shot at this game, but I mean, you they they put up 59 at your place and I think there was like 400 people there. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, look, gosh, this was, man, this this wasn't their homecoming, right? I hope not. Uh, but you know what? I mean, wait, wait, no, it was at Howard's place, so there's no way that was Howard and people. No, 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 it can't be. But yeah. I'll just say this, you know. I mean, really, just I'm just happy that they can keep the lights on there. So, and that's just <laughs> that's it. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, hey, the one bright spot. From this game is this is one of my favorite players in the Miac is is Philly all and he had twenty six yeah. carries two hundred thirty four yards and three touchdowns so yes. uh, he's nice so he he can do his thing even with with the uh, the the other issues they're having uh, up in DC so yeah Howard took that uh, big L from Monmouth uh, yeah. but Thune Cookman South Carolina State that was postponed um, Hampton. Uh, be, of course, would be Delaware State, 27-17. North Carolina uh, Central beat Florida A&M, 17-13. Now, uh, that, we, that game shouldn't have been that close, but that game was literally in a monsoon. It was in the hurricane. So, um, as you know, Durham is issuing um, a state of emergency, they're playing this game. So, uh, you know, that weather was an equalizer as far as talent is concerned. And Florida A&M almost pulled it out. But Central pulled it out. And uh, they're still continuing the winning ways in the MEAC. And um, let's see. Finally, also Savannah State and Morgan State uh, was also postponed um, due to weather issues. So I'm not sure when I'm going to make that up. That might be another game for the 26th of November um, to make up. So... Uh, that's our scoreboard. And, and, and let me throw a little rant in here. Um, so it looks like South Carolina State and Bethune-Cookman is going to make up um, this game uh, during the first week of the playoffs, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're also playing a game against Coastal Carolina the first week of the playoffs, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And this is always the fear um, when we decide, we, the conference decided to go and play the Celebration Bowl um, to placate the true diehard football fans. It seemed like most people were dead set against it, the people that really care about football. Like, we were worried that once the playoffs is no longer the goal, you're going to give it lip service, but when other opportunities come to make other decisions, they're going to come. So we're not really competing for the playoffs anymore. Like, it's Celebration Bowl or bust. Uh, for the conference, oh. and that's going to continue to have other side effects um, going forward. So uh, I say, just you know, the rhetoric is cool, but just watch the deeds of, of the schools and see what we're really competing for. The playoffs are done, um, um, and I don't think we're going to get a spot unless it's just pure luck uh, in the upcoming season. Because the schools, our schools included, is not preparing to go to the playoffs. Anyway, that's just my, my rant. Um, it's, it's Celebration Bowl or bus, and they knew that going in. We knew that going in, but it's just unfortunate that uh, that wasn't really made honest and upfront uh, when we were. this was being communicated to the fans and some of the dire fans like us. Anyway, man, any, any thoughts on my rant there? I'm, I'm done. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right, my man. I mean, <laughs> we're not playing for anything. We're playing for, I would say, uh, parking lot pride, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but hey, you know what? I'm just going to say this. I love HBCU football. I love how a lot of us are, you know, when we go to a classic, and it's not just the 
two competing uh, programs or the com two competing universities. We all come out, you know, like when I'm at the Howard and Hampton game, I see Morehouse shirts, Morgan State shirts. Oh, yeah. Spelman, Bowie State, all the way down to Alabama State to Jackson State. They come out, you know, regardless. And I mean, we're going to continue to support it. But at the, at the same time, though, um, we're not doing what's necessary to make these programs uh bigger programs, greater programs. And to be honest, I'm right now I am completely fine with it because I mean some of our programs just happy just to just to keep the lights on, you know. Some of our programs are living paycheck to paycheck. So True. yeah. So <laughs> so at the end of the day it doesn't matter. I mean if you want to play these if you if you want to play these simulate these sort of playoff games on November twenty sixth, you know what? Go ahead, man. You know, act like you're the big wig in the room. You know, have fun. Have at it. But, you know, that, that's all. Right. See, the only problem I have, well, many problems, but the biggest problem I have is, like, when you're competing for the playoffs, you have one, I guess, budget and one set of expectations. And when you're competing, competing for the Celebration Bowl, you have a whole other set of expectations. When you're competing for the playoffs, you play meaningful games in September. So, you know, and we, and we, and we, you know, actually did play some meaningful games in September. But when you're completing, competing for the Celebration Bowl, you play pure beatdown games in September. So you don't really get a good, a meaningful home game until the first week of October or the late September. So you're getting your heads busted on the road in weird places to pay the bills. And I just over, you know, erodes the whole, the whole quality of your football program. So if like, if you're a purist and you like football to be competitive and to have a chance to win and get excited about your team. You know, if you're, it seems like if we're competing for the celebration bowl, then you're not going to get that in September. You're going to get, get some terrible games. So, it, you know, it's going to be some other consequences of, you know, taking that approach, which aren't really being articulated, but you can see it in the scoreboard and the results. And, uh, but anyway, man, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Stand, and I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah, let's move on to the MEAC standings. Um, let's see. A&T is in first. They're at 3-0, and followed by A&T at 2-0. and Morgan State is 2-0 and as well. And South Carolina State is 1-0. and We are, I guess, tied for – we're really fourth at 2-1. and And then Savannah State, surprisingly, is also 1-1. and Everyone else is either has a losing record or is completely – or is still – uh, winless in conference play and uh, following up bringing up the rear is Bethune Cookman and Norfolk State which was completely unexpected uh, so far this year so um, let's take a look at the MEAC stat the HU MEAC stat leader so we've got some guys we got the team is you know doing well um, now this has some um, some of those uh, out of conference games um, they'll still weigh heavily but things are kind of leveling, leveling out as far as the production of the team and the individuals. So uh, for us, uh, we're number three in the conference in scoring offense, number two in scoring defense, number one and number one in total offense, number five in total defense, number two in rushing defense. Interestingly enough, though, man, we thought that the rushing defense was going to stink this year, but it's actually quite been quite strong this year. Um, number one in passing offense, uh, by far, I mean, we, we, we lead the league 
by far, and we're at 252 yards per game. Um, number one and pat number seven, sorry, in pass defense. So, like we said, we thought the pass defense would be the strength, but it's actually been a weakness. And the rushing defense, we thought that would be a weakness, but that's actually the strength so far this year. And then the defense, following on that trend, is actually last in the league with zero interceptions, which is uh, somewhat shocking. Um, interestingly enough, we're number one in fourth down conversions by far. Eight for, eight for 13, that's 61.5% uh, in the league. And then we're middle of the pack as far as penalties per game is concerned. And we're number two in time of possession. Um, so uh, the short passes by short intermediate passes by JJ, coupled with the um, uh, the uh, running game and coupled with the inability of teams to run against us, leads us to possess the ball uh, quite long. So um, doing well as far as team statistics are uh, concerned. Any thoughts on those team stats? Anything shocking there? Oh, of course you said it perfectly. Um, <laughs> We are number two in rushing defense. We did think weekly because, you know, we did lose some players last year. Elijah Farrell isn't on the roster. And uh, we thought Obasui would be a little bit overmatched. But he has played well. Um, we've had other players that have come in. Uh, Jawad Evans has played well. Devontae Spruill. Desmond Sturdivant has, yeah, uh, has stood up. Yeah, and Tyler Holmes, you know, the, the transfer from Kansas. So... You know, we had some homegrown talent, and we had some transfer talent that's actually helped us. And I do think that will pretty much be something that we will uh, need, you know, later on as the season progresses. Um, I would say that the fourth down conversions are great. And uh, being the fact that I would say we're limited offensively with the quarterback. But, hey, you know, at at this time and point, I'll I'll say keep the dice rolling. Keep gambling. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. So, yeah, team is excelling in, in certain areas, so that's good to see. Uh, as far as individuals are concerned, um, Yaki Johnson is third in rushing uh, in the league at 75 yards rushing per game. Uh, J.J. leads the MIAC in passing uh, by far. Um, I forgot what that stat is. I think around 200, yeah, 252 yards passing per game, which is somewhat amazing. And uh, Proctor leads the league in receptions, yards, production, uh, not in touchdowns, but as far as yards and receptions by far, he leads the league. So um, those are some good uh, individual standouts uh, by the Pirates. So any other individual stats to to mention there? Those are pretty good. No, I mean, uh, those stats are just absolutely great. You know, Yaki Johnson has just been – you know, a blessing for us, you know, mm-hmm. Proctor has really stepped it up. And so at the end of the day, you know, I mean, these guys are, you know, these are some really good uh, guys that Manor has brought in that has really helped the program. So I'm excited to see them progress as the season uh, moves on. That's right. Excellent. So, yeah, we'll keep those uh, updated every now and then through the season. So let's jump over to Morgan State. Uh, the homecoming opponent this week. Hopefully they picked right. <laughs> uh, they're not necessarily a patsy, yeah. but it should be a winnable game uh, for the Pirates uh, if they do what they're supposed to do and postpone the parties until after the game. Um, let's see. Let's look at Morgan State. Let's take a dive into what they do and who they've played. Um, they are 2-2. Two and two. Um, They've lost to Holy Cross 24-51. Uh, to 51. 
Uh, they lost to Marshall, 62 to nothing. It's not a big deal. They should have lost that game. Um, they beat Howard, uh, 24, uh, 28 to 24. That was a close game. That came down to like the last seconds. Howard should have and could have actually won that game, but uh, Morgan State prevailed there. And then Morgan State also had a close game against Delaware State, uh, 20 to 17. Um, so looking at Morgan State, they're pretty much middle of the pack at everything. I mean, they don't seem to excel at anything. I've actually watched uh, two of their games. Uh, their quarterback is above average. I think he's third as far as passing is concerned. Uh, so he can throw the ball um, from just initial thoughts and things. They look similar to Delaware State as far as production and talent. Um, so I think we're going to pretty much see the same game. They may be a little bit more stout, a little bit uh, slightly more talented. Um, but I think we're going to see the same game uh, as far as what we saw from Delaware State. Um, just looking at the stats, like I said, they're pretty much middle of the pack in everything. Uh, tied for fifth in scoring offense, eighth in scoring defense, uh, fourth in total offense, seventh in total defense. So just, you know, they're in the middle of the pack. Um, so uh, they should, we should win this game. Um, I think Hampton will win this game if they play smart football, respect the opponent, um, prepare for this game like Morgan State will win or can win. Um, postpone the homecoming activities. And if there's some good weather, uh, Hampton should win this game. So any other thoughts, Hamptonite, on Morgan State, the Bears? You know what? I'm just going to say no. I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head, you know. Hampton, Hampton wins this game if the players are not out at a cabaret the night before. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Air and space if they, Yeah, if they're at the, the the concert on Friday night, we win. If they are not, uh, uh, I do think that Hampton needs to adopt most uh, SEC schools and Big Twelve, Big Ten schools have whole uh, players stay in the hotel. Um, they make the players stay in the hotel. Uh, during um <laughs> you know before uh, away games mm -hmm. yeah that'll be good for this game tons of distractions man tons but uh yeah i think they'll be yeah, ready be. they'll be ready yeah and, yeah uh, I, yeah they'll be ready if eric carter if eric carter and yaki johnson play their game we're okay yep that's it and hopefully more more runs than passes and uh <laughs> we'll get the victory so absolutely but the, hey, if anything else, we'll be back to uh, wrap up, uh, talk about this game next week and um, talk about the, the next coming opponent. So, once again, thank you, Hampton Knight. Great show, and uh, go Pirates. Go Pirates. <laughs>